Is there something wrong? Warning. Live support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, at thewebalchemist.net, and my book, Empowered Manifestation, at empoweredmanifestation.com. Uh, Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 27th of February 2021 and the title of today's show is The Biden Show, SCOTUS Rulings, Stimulus Bill and Be Less White. So I think we're going to have a bit of fun today. Yeah, there is some serious news here, but also, you know, I love bringing a a light-hearted aspect to this and there's plenty of things that we can really laugh at, as I've said many times in previous shows we are involved in the theater of the absurd and the extremes that this supposed biden administration is is going to is i think it really is a great strategy to wake people up and go what (laughs) so anyway i want to start the show today with a an article by martin geddes And Martin, I followed for quite a long time on Twitter until, of course, he was banned like so many others. He's actually uh, based in the UK, but he's done a lot of very good articles on the Q movement. This latest article, which just came in this morning, how the Bidan, and spelt B-I-D-A-N deliberately, show is saving America and the world. So prepare for a little bit of uh, humour in here, as well as some really good information. This article is not intended for dangerous morons. If you are a dangerous moron who believes that colour revolutions and communist... This article will only distress and annoy you. And that would be unkind to yourself. Thank you. Okay, now we've insulted the dangerous moron audience segment and driven them away, that leaves the rest of us who can have an adult conversation about what is really going on. Our patience is being annealed into a hardened resoluteness to see this through to the end. Here is my best sense of what is going on. Keep in mind, I'm just one guy with a laptop and an opinion, and you can have your own equally functional laptop and valid opinion. There is a perverse and paradoxical logic to what is happening, bizarre as it all sounds. As Mark Twain said, truth is stranger than fiction, but it is because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities. Truth isn't. MAGA is the end game of the original 18th century American Revolution. The European banking aristocracy and monopolising monarchies didn't just pack up and go home when they were shot at and it was heard around the world. They simply switched tactics and played a long game to stealthily retake America. The war of invasion became a war of infiltration. The war of independence never ended in reality. 
After various attempts to impose a central bank, the 19th century civil war plunged America into debt and set up the conditions for a bankocracy to take power. America was turned into a corporation ruled by a Masonic city-state, Washington, D.C., that was effectively an extension of the alliance of the British Crown, i.e. City of London Freemasons, and the Vatican, Rome Freemasons, plus the bloodline families, i.e. occultist banking and commerce mafia. This allowed maritime and contractual law to displace the people's sovereign rights under common law and open the way for the unconstitutional Federal Reserve to impose debt slavery on Americans. The history of America is a non-stop tussle between individual and state sovereignty versus federal and bankster oligarchy. The good news is that the former have won and we're in the final phase of restoring liberty. The Chinese Communist Party is the front through which the globalist totalitarian banking aristocracy has been operating its plan to, to gain complete freedom, sorry, complete control of this planet. November 2020 was an attempt by the CCP to hijack America, the last bastion of true freedom due to an armed populace via a classic colour revolution. Demoralise the public via a scandemic, impose economic hardship by closing small businesses, kill some old people in nursing homes to spread fear and terror, and spray perversive, sorry, pervasive media lies over any opponent. Then use election fraud to seize control without having to send a single soldier or fire a shot. I was stunned recently when an otherwise lucid professional associate, whose work I admire, said there was no election fraud. The zillionth item of evidence is the hand recount in New Hampshire, where the Dominion voting machine shortchanged only Republican candidates. If you cannot find the evidence, please go back to the beginning of this article and reconsider whether you might be a dangerous moron because refusal to consider the possibility and look at the data would surely qualify you for that title. This election fraud has been going on for decades, a century and more even. The Bush versus Gore matter in 2000 surfaced a lot of the problems. Our liberal, i.e. authoritarian leftist friends, used to complain about the lack of transparency and trustworthiness of voting machines until it was the hated Donald Trump who was the victim. Then they went silent and decided it was of no importance. Oh well, dangerous morons are a thing after all. We'll all get over it when the truth comes out. If you are not a dangerous moron, it is obvious that there is no Joe Biden presidency. A fake and unconstitutional pre-recorded inauguration whether where the weather kept magically changing with the camera angle, was attended by military not wearing insignia. There was no handover of the nuclear code football, no arrival on Air Force One, no foreign dignitaries and no salutes. The White House is empty and dark right now and there is no Marine Guard. The pictures of the Oval Office are visibly of a movie set. They've even recycled some of the art from a previous show. Trump hinted in 2019 it wasn't really Joe Biden himself by calling him Joe Biden, B-I-D-A-N. And you can look closely and see it isn't him. The ears and shape of the head are different. Whether it is a double clone, CGI, actor in a late, 
latex mask, hologram, ghostly apparition from another dimension or all of the above. I don't care and it doesn't matter. It isn't just a fake presidency. It seems like the whole election was a fake. A sting operation to draw out every cunning clown who thought they could get away with a communist takeover in America. Remember, these things are not announced in advance. You only find you've got a real communist in power when potential opposition is being exterminated with no media coverage. You also only get to find out it's a sting operation when it's over and the official state media are discredited. President Trump has a long history of election fraud tweets. This operation to retake America for its people has been planned for decades. He has executive orders on election fraud and human rights, allowing him to seize the assets of those conspiring against the public and breaking their oath of office. The Stafford Act, 2019 Presidential Handover Act and Insurrection Act give him the needed powers and allow FEMA and the military to take control. PEADS, P-E-A-D-S, Presidential Emergency Action Documents, were established under Eisenhower and are the nuclear option of, cont of continuity of government for exactly this kind of exigency. Remember, if you read this far, then you're not a dangerous moron. That's good to know. <laughs> so this is all objective stuff that we can believe in. Rational, empirical people are driven by evidence, not prior belief or limits of our imagination. Washington, D.C. is now a prison complex under the control of General Walker, not the mayor, nor President Biden. This allows military tribunals to run for the election fraud. Traitors don't get to spend years fighting in corrupt civilian courts when you work for the CCP. Child sex trafficking is the bedrock of power via blackmail and its underground infrastructure can be flushed of the nightmarish nastiness that has been long going on. Those responsible won't be seen again and deservedly so. Capturing the leadership of a defunct corporate government that does not represent the people is a political booby prize. Returning power to the people means taking it away from the, this unaccountable capital of the cancer of corruption. In other words, Washington DC is over and finished. It is about to become a museum and alligator swamp reserve. The whole place is one deceptive occult hellhole from conception to demolition. It cannot stand as a totem of the sovereign American people. The establishment of a new free American Republic involves a cutover from the old and bankrupt corporate entity that the Joe Biden movie character heads up. It cannot be done instantly and those who are losing power would love to create chaos and deny the public their rights and inheritance. Capturing and removing the deep state isn't enough. You also need to deliver a functioning society afterwards. There are very specific benefits of Donald Trump being off stage during this transition period. The corrupt mass media that is under CCP control cannot accuse Trump of being a military dictator when the US military overtly becomes in control. It preserves the legality of the change and avoids confusion for the public of which presidency they are endorsing, corporate entity versus federation of sovereign states. 
It ensures the safety of both President Trump and his family, since they are assassination targets. It also avoids the need for rallies or other events where the public will be put at risk of terrorism. Joe Biden can do increasingly absurd things in the show, like zany rule by executive order, to wake up more normies and decrease the dangerous moron count. You can do military operations that otherwise would be politically unacceptable. Think Iran, Syria. Any chaos is attached to the deep state and its democratic and rhino operatives. It it gives time for the global takedown to occur, since this all has to be synchronised. Even if America is ready, success is removing all bases of power from which this criminality could return. Finally, and most importantly, it sets up the total destruction of the Mockingbird media. They are fully invested in promoting the Biden show as objective reality. But as with the Truman Show, there is a moment when it glitches and the stage set is visible. It only takes the President Biden actor to remove his latex mask on TV and it's all over as the illusion machine is shattered. Frank Zappa, no stranger to the military-industrial entertainment complex, once said, The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion. At the point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain, they will just take down the scenery, they will pull back the curtains, they will move the tables and chairs out of the way and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theatre. He was nearly right. The deceived element of the public, including a large subset of dangerous morons who pose a civil war risk to us all, will get to watch the curtain pull back, but instead of a brick wall, they will find that the whole theatre has been dismantled around them. They are free. Their Plato's cave has been excavated and opened to the fresh air. So the big picture is that we are watching a total reboot of America and consequently the world. When a computer reboots its operating system, it goes down a series of run levels and then back up again. We are experiencing the same thing in America. The Biden show is just a holding screen and distraction put on to educate the public while the military does the election fraud cleanup operation. This is done at the lowest constitutional run level, where normal civilian government is quietly suspended. The inevitable riots and chaos of the wake-up phase, when this is all official and in the open, have to wait until the clean-up is finished, one problem at a time. As this corrupt bankocracy is removed from power, we will likely experience a financial reset, exposure of these war crimes and disclosure of the hidden technology that has been hoarded by a minority in secret, yet paid for by the public. It is already happening and seems like something from a sci-fi movie, but you can go check out the legit anti-gravity and energy devices from the US Navy on the official patent site. Having Donald Trump immediately be re-elected in November would have been a strategic failure, even if it offered a temporary emotional release. It would have perpetuated the fake corporate government and sustained the illusion of its legitimacy. The two real tasks are to prevent a descent into civil war in the short run and to prevent a recurrence of this horror show in the long run. 
The Baidan Show is a necessary liminal passage in the story of the rebirth of America. It cleverly skirts around the traps that would lead to disaster and the prize of peace being snatched away at the last minute. The cancer of corruption is an aggressive one and returns easily. Its cure demands the total elimination of the mass media brainwashing machine. You may have noticed how quiet Hollywood has been recently. It is equally as finished as Washington, D.C. Allowing the election fraud to happen sets up the case for strong voter ID and robust election technology. Changes that were previously unthinkable will be demanded by all as they understand how close they came to losing their republic and freedom. Saving America is not the hard part. Keeping her saved is the real struggle. Only a massive cultural shift can achieve this. The Biden show triggers self-identification of the dangerous morons and authoritarian colluders in our society. Their loss of credibility in turn forces a reordering of power among the people towards patriots. A lot of arrogant and prideful dangerous morons are about to get the hardest lesson of their lives as their conceit and carelessness is exposed. Academia is set for revolt and revolution, mass media for implosion, sick care medicine for replacement. It's an apocalypse of authority. The Q military intelligence operation has prepared patriots for this time of upheaval, the Great Awakening. We are given objective reasons to believe this is a carefully planned process with a benevolent outcome, so we do not engage in our own insurrection against an illegitimate entity in Washington, D.C. The genius com combination of plausible deniability and strategic ambiguity delivers exactly the right information at the right moments to those with the eyes to see. Shelves of books will be written about how this sensational covert military plan was executed. The bottom line is that we are in an epic transition from slavery to sovereignty, poverty to prosperity and war to peace. We may have some difficult struggles ahead, food shortages, nature causing havoc, genocidal pharma vaccines, but we will overcome them. But at least we won't have to endure the lies of the mockingbird media for much longer. Nor will we have to suffer the mocking of dangerous morons. The Biden show says wake up time is almost here for everyone. The multi-year cleanup is nearly done. America has been saved by its military and patriots. The whole world is next. Enjoy the show. So that's the end of the article. Um, I would definitely suggest that you follow or join Martin Geddes's channel on Telegram. And his last name is G-E-D-D-E-S. And another one to follow on Telegram, who's been putting some interesting posts out, is Ghost Ezra, E-Z-R-A. And there's a question about whether Ghost Ezra is actually... Ezra Cohen Watnick, who's the interim acting Under Secretary of Defence for Intelligence and Security. He certainly posts some very interesting stuff on there, and very much in the in the style of Q. And he even posted something recently that said, you know, why why silent? He was referring to Q and the fact that we haven't had any drops for months now. And basically saying 
you already have all the information you need, then the drops are now not necessary, but there will be perhaps a final celebration drop when all of this comes to fruition. So definitely, you know, if you're not on Telegram, it is a good platform. There's a lot of good people to follow on there, including Lynn Wood and, um, you know, various news networks and so on. I'm on there, but more following people than actually actively posting at the moment. Um, So I'd like to just move on to this um, federal system crash because it was very much a link to what... I believe Martin Geddes was saying in that article. So I'll give you the kind of official version and then I'll share with you something from one of the Anon uh, posters. So this is breaking 911. Entire Federal Reserve payment system crashes. This was February 24th. The United States Federal Reserve wire systems went down completely Wednesday, making it impossible for banks and other financial institutions to transfer money. The issue was resolved a little more than an hour after the outage occurred. The Fed claimed the disruption was due to an operational error. Our technical teams have determined that the cause is a Federal Reserve operational error. We will provide updates via service status as more information becomes available, the Fed said in a brief statement, later adding, the Fed will communicate remediation efforts to our customers when available. The issue impacting central bank applications has been resolved and users may resume normal access, an updated alert said. The cause is a Federal Reserve operational error. We will provide updates via service status as more information becomes available. We acknowledge that payment deadlines are impacted and will communicate remediation efforts to our customers when available. According to CNBC, some of the services down are account services, central bank, check 21, check adjustments, Fed ACH, Fed Cash, Fedline Advantage, Fedline Command, Fedline Direct, Fedline Web, Fedwire Funds, Fedwire Securities, National Settlement. So it's very easy. It's very interesting because we've we've known that Trump kind of moved the Fed under the control of the U.S. Treasury, and um, I think there's more to this than meets the eye. And I'm going to share a post from. Anon Up. So this is anonup.com and it's by somebody called Back to the Future. And it says this military takedown, the Federal Reserve was done in order to remove the last vestiges of the old deep state SWIFT system. Tuesday, 23rd of February, the QFS, the quantum financial system switch was turned on and liquidity released to Zurich platforms. On 24th Wednesday 24th of February at 4.30am EST, quantum financial system funds were released. At 10am EST that day, they shut down the Federal Reserve System and didn't allow any more bank wires to go through the old SWIFT system. By 6pm EST, the QFS had been absorbed by the new US Treasury, the fiat US dollar had crashed and the new gold stroke asset-backed U.S. Treasury note had been activated. The cabal and old central banking system had been completely cut off from using we the people taxpayer dollars. 
On Thursday, 25th of February at 2am EST, the QFS trading platform contained 23 global currencies activated. The total activation of the QFS system occurred by 4pm EST that day. Nasara would kick off between Monday 1st of March and Wednesday 15th of March. So we'll have to see if this is true or not. But, you know, it's very interesting that this is happening in the background while this um, this regime is being taken down, um, ready for the replacement or the reinstatement of the true republic. So, you know, we have to look beyond the obvious in terms of what's going on out there. The other thing, of course, that happened this week, uh, and it was Monday, was the um, result from the Supreme Court consideration of the election cases that were had been waiting to be heard for quite some time. Interesting that they didn't consider it important enough to rush it through and had to wait until after the inauguration of Biden. So... This is an article by Epoch Times. I realise you probably heard a lot of this, but I do think it's important to just cover it uh, because I do have a an opinion on this, which um, is something that hadn't actually occurred to me, but it was something uh, one of my contacts on Facebook suggested might be the real story. So this is Epoch Times. Supreme Court dismisses slew of 2020 presidential election lawsuits. This morning, the Supreme Court threw out a series of remaining challenges to election processes and election results in several states left over from the recent presidential election cycle. One of the lawsuits was brought by Representative Mike Kelly, Republican Pennsylvania, who challenged President Joe Biden's victory over former President Donald Trump. Kelly had asked the Supreme Court to consider his lawsuit, which challenged mail-in voting policies, in his home state of Pennsylvania. Kelly argued that Act 77, the 2019 state statute that authorised universal no-excuses mail-in voting, violated the Constitution. The Supreme Court also denied a petition seeking review in Republican Party of Pennsylvania versus de Graffenreid. Another case dismissed was brought by lawyer Lynn Wood against Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger challenging results and policies in Georgia. A case from Arizona, Ward versus Jackson, was also dismissed. That lawsuit challenged Biden's victory at the polls in the state. An appeal lodged by Trump against Wisconsin results was denied. The Trump was the case was Trump versus Biden. Another Wisconsin related appeal, King versus Whitmore, was dismissed. So the Supreme Court's thrown out all these election fraud cases. And it's very interesting that Amy Coney Barrett, who was supposedly uh, a judge or a justice that would support the Constitution, and Kavanaugh both voted with Roberts, who, you know, we know is a complete deep state cabal player. They voted uh, to throw out these cases. Uh, Justice... Thomas, Clarence Thomas, he issued a dissent from the Supreme Court decision not to hear Pennsylvania election case. And um, apparently CNN wrote a wildly distorted article 
on Clarence Thomas's election case dissent. This is Washington Examiner. Uh, CNN slammed for wildly distorted article on Clarence Thomas's election case dissent. CNN legal analyst Joan Biskupich was slammed for a wildly distorted article regarding Justice Clarence Thomas's dissent on an election case. I'm amazed to see that Thomas's dissent somehow generated this wildly distorted article from CNN's veteran Supreme Court reporter Joan Biskupich, distinguished senior fellow of the Ethics and Public Policy Centre Ed Whelan wrote in a piece for National Review. A trusting reader might imagine that Thomas's dissent is replete with references to Dominion and Smartmatic and to various of Trump's other allegations of fraud. In fact, Thomas makes no mention of such allegations, Whelan continued. His piece was in response to a CNN article titled Justice Clarence Thomas Reveals Some Sympathy for Trump's Baseless Fraud Claims, which reported that the Supreme Court's justices' dissent stands out for how much it subscribed to the Trump worldview of fraud. And there is a link in this article to the content of uh, Judge Thomas's dissent. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas on Monday claimed election fraud is a threat to America, revealing in a forceful dissent some support for former President Donald Trump and Republicans who have refused to accept the result of the 2020 election, Biskupich wrote in the piece. Whelan pushed back in his op-ed that the word Trump does not appear a single time in his opinion. Moreover, Thomas states in his opening paragraph and repeats twice later that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision that the court was asked to review seems to have affected too few ballots to change the outcome of any federal election. That's not a statement you ever heard Donald Trump make, he wrote. And I have to say, I strongly disagree with that opinion. Um, the overall dissent is very valid, but I do. we, we know that this election was stolen. On Monday, Thomas dissented from the Supreme Court's decision to refuse hearing a Republican challenge of a Pennsylvania state court decision, allowing ballots that were received up to three days after Election Day to be counted in November's election. One wonders what the court waits for. We fail to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we again fail to provide clear rules for future elections. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion of voter confidence. Our fellow citizens deserve better and expect more of us. I respectfully dissent, Thomas wrote. That decision to rewrite the rules seems to have affected too few ballots to change the outcome of any federal election, but that may not be the case in the future, he added. These cases provide us with an ideal opportunity to address just what authority non-legislative officials have to set election rules and to do so well before the next election cycle. The refusal to do so is inexplicable. And Justices Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch also dissented. And the, um, the article goes on, I won't continue with that, but... It's very interesting that the grounds for dismissing this were that it had no standing before the election and it was moot after election. So people would be saying, well, if you can't challenge it before and it's moot after, how can you ever challenge this if the, the Supreme Court throws it out? 
So there's a lot of people very unhappy about that. But this opinion that I was mentioning was from somebody in Facebook saying perhaps this was part of the plan that and and this has been I've shared this on previous shows this idea that Trump has to um exhaust every legal step before the military can step in and what I think we may be seeing here is that this was deliberate to make the Supreme Court throw this out because otherwise litigation of this could take months if not years and that would delay any of this plan really rolling out in a timely manner. Now it's interesting that since Thomas's dissent we've seen more um, examples of a vendetta against anyone who challenges you know the 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 left narrative and this idea that the um election was valid um amazon have now deplatformed the documentary about judge thomas so we're seeing the cancel culture at play again and also interesting is that patrick burn um who of course collated a lot of information and data about the election fraud He's also under attack. Gateway Pundit has an article. Uh, Payback, SEC run by Mrs. Peter Strock, launches investigation of overstock actions when Patrick Byrne was CEO. Uh, Former Overstock.com CEO Patrick Byrne was a major player in the effort to investigate the 2020 election irregularities and fraud. He offered his considerable resources to the Trump team. He analysed tonnes of data. He told everyone that the voting data didn't make sense. As the Gateway Pundit previously reported, Patrick Byrne, the former CEO of Overstock.com, went on with Christopher McDonald of the Muck Files to discuss the drop-and-roll strategy Democrats used to steal the 2020 election from President Donald Trump. President Trump set all new records for a sitting US president in a presidential election. President Trump's coattails were deep and wide, winning at least 14 GOP seats in the US House, holding the Senate and picking up seats in several state legislative bodies. Unlike in 2016, today, just months after the election, we are not allowed to question the results or irregularities. The deep state and its media allies won't let us. Patrick Byrne questions the results. Now the deep state is attacking Patrick Byrne. And guess who is running the SEC? Mrs. Peter Strzok. The US Securities and Exchange Commission announced in January that Melissa Hodgman, the wife of disgraced former FBI agent Peter Strzok, was appointed to head the agency's division of enforcement as its acting director. Reuters reported... Overstock.com Inc. said on Friday it received a subpoena from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission in January seeking information on the company's 2019 forecast for retail unit and on certain communication with executives and investors. The online retailer and blockchain tech investor is cooperating with the investigation, it said in a regulatory filing, and continues to provide documents requested in the subpoena. Patrick Bird was CEO of Overstock until August 2019. That means he's likely the focus of investigators. Is this payback? And we're seeing this all the time. I mean, the other decision made by the uh, Supreme Court on Monday 
was to allow the release of Trump taxes to the Manhattan prosecutor. Again, this is Epoch Times. Supreme Court allows release of Trump taxes to Manhattan prosecutor. The US Supreme Court on Monday ruled that it will not stop a grand jury from obtaining former President Donald Trump's tax returns and other financial records as part of a criminal investigation. The justices rebuffed Trump's request to put an October 7th lower court ruling on hold that directs the former commander-in-chief, sorry, chief's accounting company, Mazars USA, to comply with a subpoena to turn over the taxes and documents to a grand jury that was convened by Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, a Democrat. The New York grand jury will be able to obtain the records and look at them in secret, meaning that the records will not become public any time soon, although the possibility of leaks to legacy news media cannot be ruled out and probably will be one of their little ploys. The court issued a single-sentence ruling on Monday. The application for a stay presented to Justice Breyer and referred to the court is denied. The justices did not provide an explanation. So, um, again, I'm not going to read the rest of that, but it's interesting that they're, they're trying to get after Trump for anything and everything. And I've seen quite a number of articles talking about how Trump was actually a, an informant for the FBI when they were investigating the the mobs, you know, the mafia gangs in New York. And... So it's highly unlikely that there are any irregularities in his taxes. And, you know, one of the things that has been said is that before uh, Trump was put forward to run for president, everything was was looked at with a fine-tooth comb to make sure there was absolutely nothing that they could get him on, which is why all these uh, impeachments and investigations have turned up absolutely nothing. But the other interesting thing about that, this, is has it set a precedent for other members of Congress and the Senate to have their tax records investigated? Because we know that, you know, these career politicians have amassed huge fortunes supposedly on a political salary. No way could they have got this level of assets accumulated just from, you know, the day job. So it really opens the door for their affairs, financial affairs, to be investigated. So we'll have to see if that actually plays out. So let's just go back to a couple of things that are really farcical about the Biden presidency or so-called presidency. Um, earlier this week, Democrats urged Biden lead again and give up sole authority over nuclear codes. And this was published on the 26th, so yesterday. And it's on UncoverDC.com. In an unprecedented move regarding the security of the United States, 31 House Democrats have endorsed a letter asking President Biden to re renounce his sole authority to launch nuclear weapons. The effort is being driven by Representatives Jimmy Panetta, Democrat California, and Ted Lieu, Democrat California. 
In the letter sent to Biden on Monday, the two California Democrats asked that the president reconstruct the command and control structure of the nation's nuclear weapons so that no single person can initiate a nuclear war. Each commander-in-chief possesses what is known as the nuclear football, a briefcase that holds everything necessary for a president to authorise a nuclear strike. Officially known as the President's Emergency Satchel, the unsophisticated-looking portable football is hand-carried by one of five military aides and is always within reach of the Commander-in-Chief. The main objective of the black leather briefcase is to confirm the President's identity. Contrary to popular belief, it does not contain a big red button for launching a nuclear war. So this is another, more evidence of lack of confidence in Biden, shall we say. The other weird thing this week is that there hasn't been a State of the Union address. And I did a search on this and it was originally scheduled for the 23rd, but obviously hasn't happened. And I think the last time I looked, um, it was basically saying there was no date planned for it, which is unprecedented. Um, The other thing that is highly amusing is that Finally, Biden uh, visited Texas after this um, really damaging winter storm. And Gateway Pundit reports that huge MAGA crowd of Trump supporters greets Biden in Texas, not one Biden supporter in sight. Joe Biden and his handler, which is crossed out, wife Jill, travelled to Texas more than a week after the deep freeze caused power outages across the state. Biden waited until the temperatures warmed up into the 70s before heading to Texas because he is feeble. Trump supporters lined up to greet Joe Biden as he arrived at the food bank in Houston on Friday. Not a Biden supporter in sight, but he got 81 million votes. And it's got a a video in there that's tweeted by Melissa Correa happening now. As President Biden prepares to land in Houston, two separate groups of protesters are near the Houston Food Bank. One is spotlighting what's happening, Tigray. The other are supporters of former President Trump. HPD is making sure it stays peaceful. Biden looked totally lost as he shuffled through the facility with his babysitter, Jill. And again, Melissa Correa tweets, the president and first lady are now working through Houston Food Bank boxing setup. Who are they waving at? All the volunteers in position to pack meals for Houstonians who need the help. And, you know, it's so interesting that there have been such gaffes reported again from the speech that he made um, in Houston, where he literally was saying, you know, I don't know where I am and all the rest of it. So really exposing his lack of mental capacity and also that speech that was put on the White House channel on YouTube, I believe, had something like 669 views. And it just, again, goes to prove that he didn't have any real support at all. But it's all a movie that we're watching play out, so make sure you're stocked up with popcorn. And then late last night, I believe, um, the Democrat-controlled House 
passes 1.9 trillion stimulus bill two dems vote against it and there have been comments saying that it's interesting that the the dems managed to win the election supposedly in the dead of night through all these ballot drops and they passed the stimulus plan in the dead of night as well um, so the article says this is from the daily wire the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives passed the American Rescue Plan by a vote of 219 to 212 early Saturday morning, sending the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill championed by President Joe Biden over to the Senate. The stimulus bill passed with unanimous Republican opposition and two Democrats, Representatives Jared Golden of Maine and Kurt Schrader of Oregon, also voted against it. If enacted, the legislation would extend the unemployment insurance booster checks, giving an extra $400 per week to recipients until August, up from 300 per week and $350 billion for states, local governments and tribal governments, according to the New York Times. The legislation would also provide $200 billion for schools across the country and $50 billion for COVID-19 vaccine distribution, contact tracing and COVID-19 testing. Stimulus checks, which Biden vowed to include, have also made another appearance. Under the plan, individuals who earn less than $75,000 a year and couples earning less than $150,000 per year would qualify for $1,400 stimulus checks. These checks would be provided on top of the recent $600 checks Congress recently provided, and the latest round of them would cost $422 billion, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation, a non-partisan organisation that provides spending estimates for legislation, the Washington Post reported. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican California, slammed the stimulus bill in a Fox News op-ed early Friday morning and encouraged people to call the legislation a Pelosi payoff instead of a COVID-19 relief bill due to the quantity of unrelated spending inside of it. When you add it all up, the price tag of Democrats' bill is jaw-dropping. At $1.9 trillion, it is the single most expensive bill in history. But don't call it a rescue or relief bill. Call it a Pelosi payoff, because the amount of money that actually goes to funding public health is less than 9%. This is not a serious attempt to fix the real problems of the American people. The solution America needs is one that will get us on a path back to normal. We need blue state governors to lift their non-science-based lockdowns. We need schools to reopen, students back in the classroom and breadwinners back to work. We need to continue to increase our vaccine distribution so we can continue to control cases and ultimately destroy the virus. That is what the American people need, what they want and what they deserve. But the Democrats' bill won't accomplish this and instead will result in families, children and small businesses continuing to get left behind, saddled with a debt they cannot afford, all for the sake of an agency they never voted for. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was, has called it a spectacular piece of legislation, according to NBC News. The passage of the bill in the House marks a significant step forward for the Biden administration's first major piece of legislation. The proposal, however, will still likely undergo some changes in the Senate, specifically on the minimum wage hike. 
the Senate parliamentarian ruled on Thursday that the minimum wage hike could not remain in the proposal as written if it were passed through the reconciliation process, which Democrats will have to do in order to ensure a veto-proof simple majority. Pelosi, however, committed to keeping it in the House passed bill, calling it necessary. Senator Bernie Sanders, independent Virginia, sorry, Vermont, the budget chairman, said he would try to include a workaround for the wage hike in the form of revoking tax deductions for large companies that don't pay a $15 minimum wage. But it's unclear what that would look like. Other far-left lawmakers, such as Representatives Ro Khanna, Democrat California, and Pramila Jayapal, Democrat Washington, have called for the Senate parliamentarian to be overruled. And Representative Ilan Omar, Democrat Minnesota, has called for the Senate parliamentarian to be replaced. Um, this tweet from Ro Khanna, I'm sorry an unelected parliamentarian does not get to deprive 32 million Americans the raise they deserve. This is an advisory, not a ruling. VP Harris needs to disregard and rule a $15 minimum wage in order. We were elected to deliver for the people. It's time we do our job. So that's really going on to say how much pork there is in this uh, legislation or this um, stimulus bill. And I saw it written that it will cost every taxpayer $5,700 for in return a $1,400 check. So again, you know, they're throwing money at ridiculous things under the umbrella of a stimulus bill, which basically has very little to do with it. But, you know, what's new? So now let's have a bit of fun with this last topic of the day. And that's to do with what Cat Turd on Twitter, I love that guy and his tweets, has termed Woca-Cola. And this is to do with Coca-Cola making their employees going through training to make them less white. And already it's having a, um, a backlash. And I saw... Uh, something reported on Twitter, companies are removing Coca-Cola products from their shelves and vending machines. In six months, Coca-Cola will regret what they've done bigly. And that tweet was from Proud Army Brat. So um, I've recently subscribed to the Babylon Bee newsletter because I love the satire from this site. So let's have a bit of fun with this, shall we? Um, they've got one article. It says uh, seven ways you can be less white. More and more corporations are requiring their employees to be less white in an attempt to stop racism forever. But it's hard to know how to do that, since at first blush that seems really racist and impossible. But it's not. It's actually really easy if you follow these seven simple steps. Number one, burn all your live, love, laugh signs. This is the first step to renouncing whiteness. Find every last live, laugh, love sign in your home, every too blessed to be stressed trinket and every all I need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus mug and burn them as you think about your inherently sinful whiteness. Number two, rip off your skin. This is an easy one. Number three, kill yourself. Even easier. For best results, rip off your skin, then kill yourself. Number four, announce that you identify as a person of colour. 
wait, never mind, this more might be cultural appropriation. You also might be mistaken for a conservative trying to come up with a third joke. Five, throw out all your ranch dressing. Ranch dressing, mayo, it's all got to go. Six, take dance classes. This is a hard step, but it's worth it. As you learn to dance to a beat, your whiteness will begin to melt away. Number seven, hate yourself every waking moment until you have sufficiently atoned for your whiteness. Oops, spoiler alert. You'll never sufficiently atone for your whiteness. Better go back to step three. There you go. Racism ended forever. And of course, you know, this this position by Coca-Cola that was leaked by one of their employees and it showed screenshots has resulted in an avalanche of memes have been put out on on the internet it's really lots of fun and it's interesting because the actual course was one of linkedin's um training courses that was being used uh so now linkedin have taken it down because of the backlash (laughs) so you know linkedin is owned by microsoft now so we can kind of draw our own conclusions for that. The other fun article on the same topic, Coca-Cola holds training telling polar bears to be less white. And of course, this is uh, Babylon B again. Atlanta, Georgia, Coca-Cola held training last week telling its polar bear mascots to be less white. Sources within the company confirmed Thursday. A leaked slideshow trains the polar bears to stop being so white and to be more like black and brown bears. You must all be less white, said the diversity trainer, polar bear Robin D'Artico. (laughs) You must examine yourselves to find the whiteness within and eliminate all traces of it. Just by being born a polar bear, you automatically become an oppressor of black bears, brown bears, grizzly bears and all other BOC, I think that's bears of colour, around the world. One polar bear protested, saying he's actually black underneath and it's just the outer fur that's white. He was told that facts are tools of polar bear supremacy and by protesting the idea that he might be a bear racist, he was in fact perpetuating bear racism. He's been assigned an extra thousand hours of diversity training before he'll be allowed back in Coca-Cola commercials. At publishing time, one of the polar bears had tried to comply with the mandate by painting himself black, offending black bears everywhere and causing him to be fired. I love these uh, satirical articles. They're so much fun. And, you know, again, I'm I'm going to contrast the the humour in response to these ridiculous woke activities by these corporations um, versus the vitriol and and the you know the the nasty response by the leftists and the deep staters to anything that they don't agree with you know earlier I was saying about this cancel culture relating to Justice Thomas and Patrick Byrne and and many more, you know, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell and the list goes on and on. Anyone who stands up to that liberal, well, it's not really liberal, the leftist um, narrative is 
they try and shoot them down in flames, but we just laugh at them. And it's so much fun to see the creativity of people in response to this ridiculous um, wokeism. Somebody actually doctored one of the Coca-Cola ads with the polar bears in it and they had them it was showing them building a snowman and then somebody um put on a mask on this uh, on this snowman that they built that was really funny so yeah i mean it's it's just getting ridiculous but these companies that take on these ridiculous um policies I mean, to to tell somebody to how to be less white is nothing short of racism, which they're accusing white people of and white supremacy and everything else. So, you know, the whole thing is completely absurd. But, uh, you know, they, they believe that they're the righteous ones. The thing they haven't taken into account, though, is that, you know, that they're working on the basis, oh, Joe Biden won the election, so now we can, you know, follow this policy of being uh, politically correct and the cancel culture and everything. But what they failed to understand is that Trump's support was massive. And so the backlash against these companies that are adopting these policies is also massive. I mean, look what happened with... Um, Mike Lindell, when his products were taken out of all these retail stores like Bed Bath and Beyond and Coles and a whole list of others, his uh, supporters all went online to his website and orders, order volumes shot through the roof so much so that he was having trouble um, shipping them out within a reasonable time and it was the same with the Goya boycott call by the left um, I think it was AOC because Goya's sales went up through the roof their t canned vegetables and um, the Goya chairman or CEO awarded AOC employee of the month because of the increase in sales that her boycott had resulted in so they basically can't win. And I think we just have to... I know we're impatient to get this facade, this, you know, this comedy over with. But I think we just have to kind of sit back and enjoy it um, and have a good laugh at their expense because um, it is it is a fun movie to watch, I have to say. And I'm sure... I can't remember where I read it now. I don't know if it was in Martin Geddes's. I don't think it was, but somebody saying that there are going to be so many books written about this uh, plan and how it all played out. And I think it's just such a privilege to be here, to be a part of this whole process of, um, you know, it's it's going to go down in history. And to be here, to be part of this, to me, I'm so grateful. And I'm loving every minute of it. Well, almost every minute. I have my moments, but, you know, most of the time I can centre back and say, yeah, this is this is the way we're going. Everything is under control. Just don't worry about it. Keep your eye on the prize. So that's all I'm going to cover this week. I hope you've enjoyed that. I do like to bring a bit of fun into this so it's not too serious. And uh, just as a reminder... You can find me at the successalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net and poweredmanifestation.com. 
and I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. I love to do these shows for you. And I want to thank Nancy for producing and be safe, stay well and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.